Welcome everyone, it's Play the Kids again. I am Kevin McCamish of Stumptown Footy and the USL Show, and with me is Joshua Duder. How's it going, Josh? Doing great, Kev. Nice to be back. It is nice to be back. Um, the past two episodes we recorded, I can't. I think the first one back in the very fr- the first March episode, I think that was when I was like legitimately sick. And then two weeks later, I was like, I've got to mute on and off because I'm going to cough a lot. And then now two weeks after that episode, uh, nothing's going to change. I will still be trying to mute on and off. There will probably be some long pauses uh, because I, I still I am still coughing. I don't know what it is. Um, apparently, there's been a pertussis outbreak at my daughter's uh, school. Hmm. Um, I ha- I mean, I obviously, my kids are young. I have the um, vaccine, obviously. But I guess after two or three years, it can start to... De- not be as effective so i'm not sure either way um i will still be coughing <laughs> a lot but i'll try to do my best uh just as a heads up anyway i'm um, going forward if you guys uh don't know or you're still trying maybe you still have that old itunes feed go to playthekids.com that's our website we have our own website uh sub- use those links you can subscribe to itunes if you did before delete that subscription subscribe to the new link you can subscribe via google play or stitcher and I have a fat, fat stack of stickers here. If you want a Play the Kids sticker, maybe you've seen them on Twitter, maybe you've seen a friend have them, maybe you've seen us have them, DM uh, either at PTK Podcast or myself at KMCamishPDX. Um, let me know. I intend to try to mail out a run of stickers uh, next week. I know that I owe a sticker to Mongols. Uh, great podcast in our beautiful game network that covers Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh, still have to get that out there to them and a couple other people. So if you'd like a sticker, DM me. I'll get that out to you this week. Um, let's see. What else do we got going on? Oh, we got to talk about coughing. That's what we got to talk about. Pre-sale to T2 tickets and the FC St. Pauli match. That started yesterday, Wednesday, April 4th. We're recording on Thursday. So those tickets are $10 each. And Josh has actually talked with the T2 uh, front office people and has a lot more information on that. So Josh, inform us uh, about FC St. Pauli coming up. Yeah, so Timbers went on uh, the tickets for T2 versus St. Pauli went on a pre-sale yesterday to T2 season ticket holders. I think maybe Timbers season ticket holders as well, but definitely to T2. Well, T2 season ticket holders are first team season ticket holders. Okay, yeah, right. So. You can you can be one and not the other, but if you're the other, you're definitely the one. I don't know if that makes sense. So you can have Timbers season tickets and not have T2 tickets because you had to opt in. But you can't have T2 season tickets and not have Timbers tickets? Well, I think the question is who still has T2 season tickets and not um, first team? Well, I mean, I I understand it's very difficult to get first team tickets, so don't get upset and start adding me on Twitter about that. I'm just saying Hmm. I don't know who would still have T2 season tickets after last season. Basically, is what I'm saying. And if you have, if you're one of the lucky few that has season tickets to the first team, then you can get se- season tickets to, to T2. Those are free. You just have to let you have to contact your season ticket rep and opt in on the tickets, and then they'll send them to you as a as a I think as a, a series of PDFs, right? So yes, yes, but and, but it's not automatic. No, it's not automatic, but and you can do it at any time during the season. So like, if you're halfway through the season, and realize, oh hey, I want to start watching T2. You know, contact your ticket rep, and that will just give you the rest of the tickets that are for that season for free. That's that's. Oh, there's some. There's some. I mean, look, they're. We'll get into this, the meat and potatoes of it later. They're doing better. This team is worth watching. I mean, it is. So the season tickets. I don't know how much they are. I I got mine because I have first team tickets, but it's it's well worth it. And there's some really great teams coming in too. Just the 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 cost of admission to go see Las Vegas Lights. Um, is going to be well worth it just to see those kits. So <laughs> actually, honestly, I've al- I've almost thought about going to Vegas to watch a game there yeah. because I think that when the- at home, I don't know if anyone out there has watched a Las Vegas Lights home match, um, but I recommend that just for the experience, and probably don't recommend being on drugs or under the influence of alcohol when doing it. Mm. It will really mess you up. Yeah, like they are they are. Uh, they're insane down there. And it, it's, and it's it's a, a good club. package. 
it's yeah. it's, it's entertaining. Um, yeah. But I mean, I know T two tickets start at like five bucks. Yeah. Um, FC St. Pauli specifically though is not included in season ticket packages. No. So, so you have to get them. And here's yep. what you got to do. Go so it. the tickets went on pre-sale yesterday to season ticket holders. That pre-sale expired yesterday at midnight. Um, I tried to log in and get my season or tried to get my ticket my tickets for the St. Pauli match, and I was a little little late. Um, so this morning they went on general sale at 10 a.m. to anybody that wanted to go. Um, and then I was sort of poking around looking at the seating. And and uh, so T2 seating at Providence Park is a different seating configuration than Portland Timbers seating. And so when the Portland Timbers are playing, um, we're, I'm more familiar with their seating arrangement, but mostly what I'm getting at is there's an away section. Um, and with the T2 seating arrangement, they close the upper level seats. They they close them off. And then the seats that would normally be the away section, so we're talking 122, 222, 123, 223, is sort of the far end over by um, over by the um, the swimming pool, you know, uh, of um, the Mac Club. So that far end by the big concrete building. Um and I was looking at the map and I noticed that those seats were not available. So I'm telling 99 times out of a hundred, I'm going to sit with, if I'm going to T2 match, I'm going to sit with my T2 um, honks. Anyone that's willing to show up to a T2 match, I'm going to sit with you. We'll shoot the shit. But this is one of those times where Josh, who is a St. Pauli fan kind of wants to hang out with his uh, Twitter friends uh, and, and, podcast friends from around the world, uh, St. Pauli supporters. Um, so I was like, I want to buy a ticket in this far section there. Oh, there's nothing that seems to be directly allocated to the away fans. So, uh, yep. So if you're a T2 fan and you want to go to St. Pauli, um, you can go ahead and check out the T, the, uh, T2 web, uh, website. You can go to timbers.com and then find the T2, uh, part in the menu drop down box and you can find tickets there. If you're looking to be with the the St. Pauli supporters, I called up today and I was I said, "Hey, what's the deal? What can we do?" And he said, uh, "The the ma the guy I spoke with, who is the uh, Timber Senior Account Executive um, for tickets, uh, Craig said uh, he'd been inundated with phone calls and they had not anticipated such a large amount of St. Pauli fans." who would be interested in sitting together as a visiting group. He was a little, they were a little surprised. Um, well, they obviously didn't do their research then. Yeah. But you know, if you think about it, you're when Newcastle visited, um, I think there was, there was a good number of Newcastle supporters. I would, I would venture to guess anywhere between three to 500 Newcastle supporters. Um, and they, they found their way over into the traditional away sections. Um, so I don't know how that happened. I don't remember um, how, exactly how that panned out, but I know that it, it's not unprecedented for a large contingent of away supporters. So I think you're right. Maybe they just didn't, I, I didn't do their homework, how they didn't anticipate it. But you could also imagine if they're, we're talking about a, at the time a premier league team, this was the year before they were relegated and oh, then no. they came back up this year. So that's being Newcastle. Um, so a Premier League team visiting is one thing. So maybe they thought, yeah, there'd be some supporters. Um, or it might draw the interest of Timber supporters that might want to come out and see this. So, uh, But you, what we're talking about with St. Pauli is you're talking about a second division German club that's not on television ever under any circumstance. This, this is not on television. It's not on um, Fox Soccer Plus. It's not on BN Sport. It's not on any cable you have to go out of your way to stream it through fox's match day or you have to buy a subscription pass through saint pauli's website or you have to be a sneaky pirate and get on there and uh and you have to live uh live stream it um at four in the morning if you're if you're daring um i even as a saint pauli fan i don't get up at four in the morning to watch them so um <laughs> yeah so but, for them to not anticipate this was a kind of surprising so uh, Craig said, what we'll do for you is um, I will, he, Craig said, he, he's going to shoot out an email this afternoon. And I did receive this email at approximately four, uh, four minutes to five. This, this seems, so it must've been like right before he clocked out if, at, uh, at five. And it goes as such. 
The Portland T2 is excited to welcome FC St. Pauli supporters to Providence Park on May 22nd at 7.30 p.m. As a supporter of FC St. Pauli, you can now purchase tickets in the away support section. And these are sections 122 and 123. It'll be general admission for those sections. The tickets are $13 each and only available to purchase through the link below by entering the promo access code at the top of the screen. The link also waives the usual per ticket online fees. There is, however, a $5 order fee. So you could order one ticket or you could buy 10 tickets and the total online fee is going to only be $5. Um, note when selecting seats, if you're given a message that the seats are unavailable, then please contact uh, Craig uh, uh, C. Thompson at Timbers.com. Um, so I have the link here, um, but it's kind of hard in podcast world to share that. Um, so I have the link and I have the promo access code, which is all caps S T P A U L I. If you need the link, um, it's at, I think you might be able to find it at timbers.com backslash visitors. And, uh, the access code is S T P A U L I no E right. St. Paul E no E. Okay. All that having been said, I look forward to seeing all of you there if you're wearing green or if you're wearing uh, brown and red. Also, St. Pauli fans, um, if you're listening to this podcast, remember if you're a Portland Timbers fan but you want to sit with the St. Pauli supporters, you're going to want to get this St. Pauli support section ticket. Do not wear St. Pauli colors in the North End, even if it's a friendly against an international team on in, in good graces. This is still a rule <laughs> to do not wear uh, the away colors in the North End. Um, so that's just sort of a, a forewarning. And um, St. Pauli supporters don't bring pyrotechnics into the stadium. This was something the Timbers front office wanted me to make clear in the podcast today. He's aware that I'm, I'm making a shout out. Uh, no smoke bombs, um, no flares. You are welcome to bring flags and two sticks. All PVC piping has to be hollow and uh, it has to be at the front of the entrance line. Gate five will be where we're gonna go in. Uh, gate five, all PVC piping at the front so that they can inspect it. They're gonna want you to unfurl your flags and two sticks to make sure that there's nothing crass, there's nothing demeaning, no racial slurs. Um, as St. Pauli supporters, we are already not going to have racial slurs on our flags and two sticks, but the Timbers front office has to do their due diligence and security has to fall through and mm -hmm. make sure everything's good to go. Um, so I look forward to seeing all of you there and you can hit me up uh, and you'll get my Twitter at the end of this. But uh, yeah, if you, if you need that, that code or if you need that link, um, you, can, you can ask me again anytime. What, what was that code one more time? Uh, yeah, that was a little unclear, wasn't it? Uh, let me go back and pull that up again. Uh, the You can find the link to the tickets at timbers.com backslash visitors. Which works. And the promo access code is, all caps, S-T-P-A-U-L-I. Uh, so I can confirm that it works. Yay. Because I was just doing it this way. So... Absolutely, Josh. You're going to share that um, on Twitter when this episode goes live tomorrow morning. Yes, sir. Share with all of your St. Pauli friends, all the podcasts, all the groups, St. Pauli USA. Everybody, make sure they get that information. As you said, timbers.com/slash/visitors. Then it just it's a single field where it says promo code. Put in S T P A U L I. Boom. It brings right up. You can find tickets, buy those, and not to uh, forget proceeds a portion of the proceeds of this match are going to the irco because both the timbers and fc st Pauli are amazing clubs and they they support a, a great culture so uh all of that out of the way now into the meat of the episode actual t2 news yes um so we in our last episode we had one episode to, or one game to talk about this time we've got a three and, and I imagine that we'll probably have two or three games to talk about each episode because we're doing it every other week because both of us are very busy. And I, I just think that's great because at, at the very least, everybody knows exactly when you're getting your episode. Every other mm -hmm. Friday, boom, boom, boom. Um, 
First game is going to be the best game to talk about uh, because it was a win. T2 actually got their first win in game two uh, and away win at altitude, a late game <laughs> winner on top of that. Despite uh, so- despite what you and I thought would happen, uh, it, almost how I predicted they would lose is how they won. Oh, exactly. I mean, and and, we'll, and so let's get into that. So the funny thing with um, with how that all worked out is if you watch the match overall, it, it looked like two teams that, that were actually really good defensively. Um, the, the attacks, you know, were getting snuffed out. Uh, T2's defense was strong. Colorado's defense was strong. And, you know, you're watching it for 75 minutes going, all right, this, this is probably going to be a nil-nil draw. Um, but that's, you know, I mean, that's going to be a good result for T2. Second game in, you get a point on the road, especially at, at altitude. Hey, that works. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously if someone was going to lose, it was going to take a, a single mistake and the team had to capitalize. And Colorado certainly looked like a team that, that would capitalize on any mistake that T2 made. But to their absolute credit, T2 did not make any mistakes actually that entire match. Um, it was Colorado that made the one single mistake and, uh, and it cost him a goal and all three points. So what ended up happening was in the 82nd minute, um, Lamar Batista, who subbed on made a season debut. He fired a shot from the edge of the box, um, that forced their goalkeeper to, to parry the ball. But unfortunately he parried it directly to the feet of Williams, who literally all he had to do was just tap it to an empty net. Um, like his goal against S2, it, it was a keeper error. He's literally right there. And all he has to do is just direct a ball a couple feet across the line and get a goal. And honestly, I don't think you can score two easier goals than that. Um, and he'll take him. And, and this time, instead of, you know, losing, that's a game winner. So, you know, uh, applause to uh, Augustine Williams there. Two goals in the season. Team leader in goals scored after all these matches still. Um, because of the next two results, but um, fantastic result for T2. What did you think, Josh? Um, I didn't anticipate that uh, result. And um, one, I have to. I also didn't expect Lamar Batista to come back this year. Um, for him to not only be, you know, on the roster but involved in the team, um, and 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 um, you know, causing some late game um, havoc. That was great. I'm really impressed with with Augie Williams. I'm I'm wondering. Um, I think we might get a lot out of him this year. He 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 might be that guy where this might be his level, and I think we're going to really enjoy watching him play at the D two at the at the Division two level at the USL level, uh, with so much quality in the first team at, at that position. Uh, I'm not quite sure if we're going to ever see Augie on the first team. I mean, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but maybe, he, maybe he'll develop even more so, uh, you know, but with even with a Ibobasi sort of going in between the two teams, it's just going to be really interesting to see who, who fights to, to get, you know, um, the backup first team minutes to, to make that 18 on, on home matches or, or, you know, U.S. Open Cup matches. So it'll be really interesting, you know, and I know I look forward to watching the development of Augie Williams. I think I think one thing to look out for with T2 this season is going to be Augustine Williams, Jeremy Ababasi, and Foster Langsdorf and see which one of those three or more of them, maybe mm-hmm. one, one, two, or three, um, see how they compete. Because what's clear is that there is, in fact, competition. These three players know that they have to perform, they have to compete to even have a chance uh, to break into the first team, I think, this season. Because I think Adi and Armenteros pretty much have that one-two spot locked up, um, which is why Ibobasi is, uh, Ibobasi is um, playing for basically four starts for T2. Um, and the formation kind of seems to change around a little bit. Now, with Batista, and we'll get into this later, um, one thing to note for this match and against the Tulsa match we talk about later, he, I think he's playing right back. Um, because, because the only reason that he would be getting so far forward and getting into the attack, like he's been is, is playing right, is playing as a right back. And I, when I looked at his sub, uh, when he subbed on in this match, um, in Colorado, let's see, he subbed, (coughs) excuse me, 
he subbed on at the 82nd minute. Um, so quite literally, he subbed on and then got the, an, a near assist. It's not officially an assist, but a near assist, which mm. is close enough. He subbed on for Smith, who was playing um, the uh, one of the outside back. So, uh, which and, and Batista's a tall boy too. So I think it's and I mean he's got he's got some pace, and, and if he can actually play and develop into a right back, to have a, a speedy right back. You know, who's defensively minded but still able to get in the attack and as tall as he is uh, I mean like to provide an aerial presence yeah. an aerial threat that would be that would be quite something if they can turn if they can do that but yeah yes and oh yeah but there's also the possibility that um there's a couple of things there's a couple of other things going on like as you as you say they're sort of rotating through different different formations and so the first team formation right now seems to be um, what Gio is, is kind of setting them in, in place here is sort of like, let's start with the Christmas tree, which is a four, three, two, one, which is sort of, um, it's different than what we're, we're used to seeing sort of the cliche four, two, three, one, yeah. um, with that double pivot. And we sort of become accustomed to seeing that and the different ways that a four, two, three, one can be employed, but the four, three, two, one is pretty dynamic if you have two of those three center midfielders stay back, you can afford a, a, a center back with some height maybe to get in the mixer um, or or on set piece plays, maybe on a corner kick or something. You can bring that tall guy in. If you, if you sub in Lamar Batista at the end of the match, maybe hoping to get um, – hoping to get maybe a few extra bodies in the box, you know, that might've been the case as well. You know, there's, there's a couple different scenarios in which maybe he came in that aren't necessarily a positional change for him, but I certainly could be wrong. Um, Cause well, I'm not, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I, the year is young. The season is young. And I think Cam is uh, a much more dynamic forward thinking coach so far. That's what we see is just switching it up and change, changing what, changing things to be unpredictable. So it's been good either to be unpredictable or actually like setting things up against the opponent. I mean, either way I am in through four games, actually kind of impressed with um, Cameron and his choices. Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's playing. Uh, it, it seems like it might be playing different formations. It's really hard to tell exactly what they're playing. Um, based on Because again, I haven't actually seen these guys play in person. So it's really hard to kind of, gain more knowledge via these web feeds. So I'm really excited to see them in person um, and even talk to Cameron and see how they're doing, what the primary formation is, what, what their stuff is. But it's, it still seems like, like he's, he's flexible. He's kind of making some, some changes, but little tweaks here and there, and, but otherwise trying to keep the, the, the team stable and stability and consistency. Um, and getting good results, a win, you know, and a draw on the road so far, um, to 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 you know to give these guys an experience of like this is what we need to do to win, you know, picking up some some experienced players, you know, USL players, not necessarily old, you know, they're 25, 26, but they're experienced in USL. Um, it's it's really changed, I think, the dynamic of T2, and it's providing a much probably provided a much better experience for all the players because mm -hmm. um, you know you obviously can't just throw 11 18 year olds out there and pray and pray for the best and you can't you can't just play you know 11 30 year olds and win the league because you know you then you're not doing anything like i mean real monarchs i think they play like eight or nine quote-unquote veteran players guys that really have no business other than playing in usl and they're only developing like two or three key players which is kind of why Real Monarchs do so well, um, but I think t you know T two has kind of gone the opposite, flipped that. You know they got a couple of players that are probably USL is all they're going to do, but they're not old, and then they're developing key players in key positions instead of like just kind of like let's just try to develop players and uh, and the hell with results and stuff like that. I mean either, either way, it's a it's a much 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 better T2 team this season and I think a much better experience overall probably for those players certainly as a fan. Um but uh you know, of course we say that and then we go to the very next game where they traveled to the Real Monarchs and lost, but that was expected. And again yeah. as as I mentioned with the way SLC is set up, they are definitely a top 2 side in the West. They don't play like a 2 side. 
they're not really set up like a two side. I mean, Sebastian uh, Vasquez and or whatever his name is, and like you know one or two other people on that team are probably players that Real Monarch that the Salt Lake are like, yeah, we'll we'll develop them, and everybody else is just like. They've picked up. I mean, they still have Michael Gallagher, who used to be T two, uh, Beasler, you used to be T two. Um, they've grabbed some players that that just. I don't think they're ever going to make MLS, and I don't think Real. I don't think the Real Salt Lake think they're ever going to make MLS, um, and so they're just kind of building this team that. Uh, hey, let's just you know do as good as we can in in USL because, I don't know, I guess why not. But either way, but despite that, they're again they're a top two side in the West. It's basically Raw Monarchs and Phoenix Rising, and and then everybody else in the West. So to go there and lose, completely uh, not unexpected. It, 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 the the score line looks bad. I think they came right out and they scored three. What three in the first twenty five minutes? Uh, I was three in the in in. It was really fast. I mean, what wasn't expected was basically T two coming out yeah. like literally asleep like not like there was not really a two teams on that field for the first uh 30 minutes i think it was it was really bad because slc scored two goals in the first seven minutes i remember that and like in the first 10 to 12 14 minutes that ball didn't even cross the midway line like the first quarter like the first quarter of that or first you know 10, 15 minutes of that of that first half was literally played around the T2 box. It was really bad from them. However, after that, I think SLC got their third goal in like the 30th or 32nd minute. So they're up 3-0 half an hour into the game. If you take off those first 30 minutes where T2 really did just they just didn't play. They did not play whatsoever. Uh, they were it, they were they were completely invisible. They were asleep. It was really bad. They completely lost focus. Um, you know, and again, that's going to happen. This probably will not be the first time they lose focus, either as you know, portion of a game or a full part of the game. That's we got to expect that to happen. If you take off that first thirty minutes and you just focus on the last sixty minutes, T two actually did much better. Now, obviously, it's kind of stupid to say, hey, we lost 3-0 in the first 30 minutes, but we won 2-1 in the last 60 minutes. But the, the takeaway really is that once T2 woke up, once they turned on and focused, they were actually a much better team and, in fact, played at or near the level of Salt Lake City, which is impressive because, again, Salt Lake City is unquestionably a top-two team. So the fact that T2 can play can play at their level – for a good 60 minutes away, that's not, that is really good. And get two goals out of it. Above us, he scored in the 35th minute um, in the first half, and then Arboleda scored in the 59th minute in the second half. Um, I, as I mentioned, Velasquez, who I don't really like anyway, scored the fourth goal, I think, um, later on in the second half, 66, 67th minute or so, yeah. something like that. And then when it was 4 2, that kind of put the game away, you know, and that's fine understand but again when once once t2 actually woke up and focused they only allowed one goal so you got to kind of look at it that way you got to kind of look at it two different two different halves the first half where uh, we don't want to see that t2 team ever again we will unfortunately but probably not nearly as much as we saw in 2017 and and, and then the, the, the like the two-thirds of the match that we actually want to watch where t2 did much much better and those goals were actually i mean pretty good T2, I mean, Abobasi's first goal of the season was really good. You know, he flicked the ball, um, put his, put, got a header on it, and actually put it on frame. Now, it went right to uh, the goalkeeper um, who made who made the save. However, he didn't, uh, he dropped the ball, rebounded it, and Abobasi, um, you know, staying focused, staying with the play, was able to just slot the rebound into the back of the net. And that's something like, again, with Augustine Williams' goals where he's, Paying attention, staying focused. He's on top of the ball, and when the goalkeeper made a mistake, he's there to actually put away the simple tap-in. I don't think we've seen that before. And here's Abobasi being able to put away his rebound. So I like the fact that we have players that are staying focused, staying with the plays, and being able to put away these balls that spill rebounds because, I mean, that's how you get goals that that matter. Um, in the 59th minute, uh, Andre Lewis got his first, I think, assist of the season. I can't remember. Uh, Arboleda took a touch. Um, I think it was Andre Lewis played Arboleda um, over the top of the defense. 
Um, he got to the edge of this 18-yard box, and then Arboleda took a touch just before the keeper could get the hand on the ball. Um, so he was able to get a random, calmly rolled it in the back of the net. Um, it was a really good good goal, good uh, Andre Lewis assist. Um, and those were two things I think the T2 should really hang their hats on, um, especially going into the last game, the game that happened last night. Uh, you could tell, like, from Colorado and Real Monarchs, it was like, hey, uh, you know, the attack, while not prolific, is at least there. It's focused, and, you know, they're, the guys are getting are getting goals. Um, that didn't happen in Tulsa. That was uh, pretty unfortunate. So, with Tulsa, this is a team who, again, I think they had a, a really bad season two seasons ago mm-hmm. in 2016 they're gonna have they're probably gonna have a bad season this year it doesn't look it's not a good start for them so far no so this game that t2 went and played uh at tulsa was t2's fourth match of the season it was tulsa's third and it was and tulsa had all three of their first games at home so here they are going into their third game at home zero points and already three yes three red cards in only two games. Hmm. So um, not only have they got no points, um, I don't even know if they had scored any goals up to this point. I know they didn't their second game because they got blown out 5-0. Their first game, I don't think they got, I think it was like a 1-0 loss, 2-0 loss. I I really can't remember. But beside the point, I mean, they got a red card and that one lost, got two red cards, got blown out 5-0. And so with T2 and the way they had played against Colorado, with the way they had played the in the last 60 minutes. Um, <coughs> sorry. I'm, I'm trying not to cough. So the way they had played the last 60 minutes, you know, I was, I was very hopeful that T2 could get something out of this game because the, the one of the players that had gotten a red card in the game before was apparently someone who primarily played left back but had to sub in as striker because their forward attacking core is injured or suspended um, and basically have uh, almost no attackers whatsoever. So I really, I, I was not, I didn't expect Tulsa to score at all. Um, <clears throat> they came a lot closer than I thought they would, but they didn't score. So we got the, got the shutout like I expected. Unfortunately, they were very good at frustrating the T2 attack. Um, I think part of that, I think part of that was the fact that the T2 attack was not sharp. They were very much off kilt. They were very much off kilter for uh, that entire match. Um, to to kind of give you an idea of how off kilter, uh, the T2 had 18 total shots, eight of which were taken by Arboleda himself, huh. who was extremely active. He was very, very active, but I mean, after like 65, 70 minutes, you could really tell he was kind of like dying off. He was kind of like losing his um, energy, but literally like, I don't know what T2 was doing. It, it just seemed like the, like the attack was off. Ababa C and Williams weren't, they just weren't on, on the page. They didn't put their shooting boots on. Um, everything was going down the right. Everything was going through Arboleda um, who had a lot of good chances, but um, you have 18 total shots. Only two, two of which were on goal. That's a little insane. So, you know, Arboleda and Abobasi both each had one shot on goal, forcing the keeper into two saves. And and that's that's not good. Um, you shouldn't be taking 18 shots and only having them two on goal. Because to give you to, to look at, at Tulsa, Tulsa had 15 shots, and a lot of them were not well taken. Really not well taken. And only, and surprisingly, three on goal. Honestly, I didn't even think they had that. I think they only, I honestly only thought they had two shots on goal um, because McIntosh made two really good saves. Um, one of which toward the end was like a world-class save of the week type save. It was. I don't even, I don't even know how he physically got his I... to the ball. <laughs> like it, it, it blows my mind. Um, so if you haven't seen that, look that up because it's, yeah. it's literally insane. It had and, a bit and, of the, like a, kind of a Nick Raimondo-esque unbelievable sideways leap to it so yeah i I don't know how i did it you can go to at usl and kind of scroll through stuff from last night because they took a gif of that and were like oh hey uh at timbers fc2 
uh, we're going to keep this one for a little while. So it's out there. You can yeah. find it on Twitter. Um, I definitely recommend you watch it because that's one hell of a save. I, it's even hard for me to describe. But um, but yeah, so you had two teams that, whose attacks were just were just disastrous. Um, T2's more so than Tulsa because Tulsa, I expected them to have literally nothing in the attack. Yeah. And Portland, you know, I, I think if anyone had been halfway focused – we probably could have easily gotten three points. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of, uh, if we had put a couple more shots on goal, I'm sure we would have gotten at least one or two goals. But it was not good. Uh, the attack failed. Um, the defense held out. But again, you know, when you're looking at the team, I don't want to give them too much credit for this one. Um, but we really can't complain because it's an away point. And yeah, yeah. There's, there's just you should never really complain as much as I want to. You should never really complain about uh, a point on the road. No, um, I mean just to put it in perspective, that <clears throat> puts us on four points on four played. Yeah. And so I think last year, what did we figure out that you needed to average two points a match to basically, if you could average two points a match for the whole season, you'd be in the top two. Right. So you'd be in you'd be in contention for at least the playoffs We're that having been said, averaging one point per match so far, we're two spots below the imaginary playoff line, even though we're way, 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 way out from that. Um, you know, we're. What, 10th place right now, so. You know, well, it's in, in, instead, in lieu of reading the whole thing like I've done for the last couple of years, I will just say being 10th place is is a is a big difference from one expectation to last year um and con- conversely that was tulsa's first point of the season yeah. so i on the one hand where you say okay well we're not gonna you know where i'm i'm kind of congratulatory about this one point on the road that's great where now we have four points and um and all four matches so far have been a away matches is that correct so it's yep. I think we have one more match on the road and then we go home. So it's been five on the road. It'll, it will have been five on the road when we're done with the next one. And, you know, if, even if we get one point out of that, that match uh, this coming weekend, um, that's five points out of five matches to start the season on a five match away stretch. Um, that's, you know what? That's favorable. That's well oh, done. Yeah. Um, but conversely, you've got a team in Tulsa that hasn't been able to tie their own bootstrings. Um, they've had three losses in a row, and and then we, you know, well, no, we, two two losses in a row, and then a draw. They've only played three. Okay, games. so okay. their first point was the third game against us. Okay, that's that's what I mean. Okay, so they've got their one point. Um, that's that's not the team. You know, that's that's the team that later on down in the season you kind of look back at and go, God, we really should have. We really should have picked them off. That was the time to do it. So, well, yeah, especially because, I mean, you're taking one point from three home games, and now you're going to go on a road trip. So, I mean, I, Tulsa's not looking good this year, um, which sucks because they've got good people, um, you know, good players, good fans, and, and, and sure. I saw last night a pretty decent coach. At least he's very level headed. Um, so I, I kind of feel bad, but, uh, yeah, there's only two teams that I'll ever wish ill will upon that are in our conference. So, yeah. Yeah. But so anyway, I mean, again, it's, it, I mean, th- to be fair, if you look at it from Tulsa's perspective, they're going to think that's a good result because again, it's their first point of the season, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for some reason they were all coming in thinking, Oh man, we're going to lose against T2. And, and I thought to myself, if, if you think if you're coming in expecting to lose against T2 of all teams, even three games in the season, you, you, something's gone wrong real fast. And even their broadcasters were like, wouldn't you say that this is a, one of the most important games of the season? And I'm like, it's three games in and you're saying T2 T2 yeah. is an important game of the season. Oh my God. Where did, what happened? Your club's derailed, man. And I was like, wow. So, you know, it's it, like, don't feel bad about getting a point. I think it's a good result. You know, we we certainly could have gotten all three. T2 is probably going to regret not getting all three. Um, but, again, four points in four games, and it's on the road. And if we get a fifth point against OKC, that's a fantastic road trip, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So, so OKC. Yeah. Uh, Saturday. Well, that's, that's, that's a game. But let, yeah. let's let's talk about some players. because okay. go ahead. Those are the results. I probably didn't really mean to get into too much detail on those. I didn't want to, like – go through that too much but i got it in a little bit further than i yeah. wanted to 
Yeah. Because I want to focus on players and the players this year specifically who does well, who does not do well, you know. And I want to start off with Jeremy Abobasi. He got 317 minutes last year uh, in MLS. Probably deserved a little more. But at T2, I mean, I think he got a goal last year with T2. Maybe got two. I don't remember. Um, but he's gotten his first goal already. Um, four games in, three games in, actually. No, yeah, three games in is when it happened. And so that's good. It's good he gets in there. He's He's been four straight starts, I think, played 90 minutes in all four games, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, except maybe this last one. Was he, I think, was he subbed off for um, – nope, he played nine all 90. Mm. Yep, played all 90. So, I mean, he's he's playing – he's playing – He's the one that they're actually he's, putting there mm-hmm, for, the all, for all 90 because Langsdorf and Williams have been kind of swapping back and forth. I think Langsdorf started against Real Monarchs for the first 45 minutes and Williams subbed on at the half. Um, this last game, Williams started and played, I think, 77 minutes. Oh, he was subbed off, but he was subbed off for Loria. But Langsdorf played from 65 to 90 and against Tulsa. Um, then we'll get to him in a minute. So, so above C, he's getting all the minutes. Um, he scored one goal. I'd like to see. I would like to see more. Certainly, would have loved to have seen him score against Tulsa, get a second goal. But he, I would say, right now, I'm I'm neutral on him. I'm not. I don't think he's 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 gone down. He hasn't like not improved or 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 uh, what what do we what do we say? Uh, regressed. He hasn't regressed. He hasn't regressed, but he hasn't necessarily improved yet as much mm-hmm. as I wanted him to. Um, especially for a fourth, like a, a pick, a, you know, fourth pick in the first round, mm-hmm. super draft pick. I'm, I'm expecting more. My expectation is a little bit higher. I think he can achieve them again. I think it's going to be because he has to compete. Um, if Williams continues to do better, if Arboleda continues to um, really kind of be on fire, like he has been, if Langsdorf, um, he needs to improve real bad. Um, but you know, so if there's a little bit more competition for him, I think he'll definitely probably probably get up there and make that next level. But right now, um, you know, it's it's more of the same, which is good, but needs to be better. Uh, I think from from uh, above the sea. Like, I mean, he does really good movement off the ball. I just I want to see him be better and more more confident in the attack, more aggressive in the attack. Um, just to try to get some more shots um, on frame, honestly, and just get a couple extra goals. So. That's a Boba C. You know, we'll continue to kind of see him, highlight him throughout the season. Um, on defense, a uh, player who's been loaned down from the first team, um, has doesn't have any first team minutes anyway. Uh, and uh, since we were talking about Tulsa, uh, someone who used to play for Tulsa all last season, uh, center back Modu Jadama. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been very impressive in the defense. Um, I really like what I'm seeing from him. Uh, I would say he is, he's very similar to someone that we were very high on for a little while who's no longer with the club, uh, whose last name rhymes with Bark. <laughs> um, <coughs> <laughs> it's taking me too long to get to the mute button. Um, so he reminds me of him, except he's not like he's uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Not – as doesn't doesn't wander off as much mm. uh, he's he's not like a ball playing center back he's a very quiet you know the, the type of center, the type of defender that you want to have is, is one you just you're not really going to notice but he's always going to snuff out the attacks and that's kind of what he's been playing playing as the past these past four games um so it's good i mean here's someone who uh, signed the first team you know i think that He's gonna be playing with T two all this season. Probably should play with T two all this season, but I think that that there's talent there, and and there's definitely with some little bit of improvement, um, can be some depth for the first team. Certainly, um, I see what the first team seeing him, and so that's good. That's good. I think he he's a little bit up each each game. You know, kind of raises my stock on him just a little bit. So I like to see that. Another uh, defender that uh, you know we talked about a little bit earlier. Want to go into more detail? Lamar Batista. You know he came on as a substitute against Colorado. Did not play against Real Monarchs, uh, but was able to start and um, play all ninety against Tulsa. And again, what I've been seeing from in his substitute appearance and the start with the full ninety seems like he's playing right back. Seems like it. 
you know, maybe you disagree with me, which is totally fine. Maybe people, people out there might disagree with me, which is totally fine. But from what I've noticed, it feels like he's playing right back. And that could, whether that's just where they can put him to get him minutes or that's what they want. That's how they want to like redevelop him or they're just, I don't know, trying something different or he's not playing right back, whatever the reason is, um, he's actually done very well. I mean, he literally came on as a substitute and in the same minute was able to get an almost assist. You know, he got the ball over that the, the keeper, you know, spilled into the path of Augustine Williams. And then in, in his 90 minutes with Tulsa, um, he did, uh, I think he did very well. It was, um, I want to say, no, I don't have those notes, but I, I know he did very well against Tulsa again. I mean, he got the shutout as a defender, but I know he was also up there and providing some attack, um, up against, uh, uh, you know, providing some shots and stuff from the right. And, and that's what you want to see if he's playing right back. So, so good from there. Um, these first three players, uh, Abobasi, Jadama, and Batista. Um, before I get to the next three, uh, what do you think? How how have you seen these guys play? Um, I, you know, I've sort of been watching from afar, just sort of catching the highlights so far. Um, I think one of the things I've I've kind of um, I'm interested in seeing. You know, I've been high on Harold Hansen, and um, and he's not on our list right now. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm interested in going back and sort of rewatching the matches maybe in their entirety to look for some of the things that you're talking about, Bautista right back. Um, what happened to Harold Hansen is the kind of the, um, is kind of my question. Uh, and then sort of, uh, you know, if there's one thing that we can, that can be said for the club, the team so far, just only four matches in, but I think it's one of the things that maybe, um, is going unsaid or not specifically said uh, is the defense is good i mean yeah they got rolled over four two away to salt lake city but that's going to happen but uh, other than that i mean this team is um is doing something that they were okay they were okay at doing for large portions of last season where they were only losing ones and twos at first and then the sec towards the end of the season it just it went pear-shaped but they're holding tight and those losses have now become draws and those draws have now become wins. Um, and you know, it's a short season, but the defense is holding tight. So I'm interested in watching some of the defensive players that you've listed um, yeah. and, and um, not taking it for granted that it's for free on, on YouTube and maybe going back and rewatching some of those matches to look for some more well, specific defensive traits. Since you mentioned YouTube, I'll take a break. Let's take a break real quick. I, I highly recommend everybody to go to YouTube and rewatch these games if you haven't watched them. Um, because coming up later this year, uh, ESPN Plus is going to come out where MLS is going to replace MLS Live. It's $5 a month. Um, it's going to give you MLS Live, but a lot of other sports. Um, rumor has it, however, that USL is going to uh, join that. So instead of being free on YouTube like they currently are, uh, it is potential. They, ha they haven't announced anything yet, but rumors, um, again, with, with what I've been doing recently this season, I have a lot more inside connections directly to the league office. Uh, the rumors are they are going to take this to uh, ESPN Plus as well. Um, but $5 a month, Honestly, if it's only $5 a month and you get to watch every USL match and every out-of-market MLS match, that's not a bad... And then plus, like, every other sport that ESPN has. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if they have any, like, um, any international soccer. I know they don't have Premier League, but if they have anything else, no. they would put all that in there, too. And then whatever other sports there, that's a really good deal. I think they've had a history of, I think, sometimes having the uh, the Dutch Eredivisie um they often have the um, brazilian league um i think i've also seen um the copas like the the various south american champions league cup matches so you know between the teams from colombia and argentina and brazil and so those are always entertaining i don't know if that's still something that they have the rights to but in the past that's something i've enjoyed watching yeah and stuff like that i mean if I'm already paying five dollars a month for USL, because uh -huh. I'm gonna have to, and I'm getting and I'm paying five dollars a month for MLS because I want to, then everything else is just icing mm -hmm. the cake. So, mm -hmm. 
but again, you know, if you're someone that we're five dollars a month, you know, is and there's lots of us that were five dollars a month for that sort of thing is not easily available. Um, so go to YouTube now, get all that stuff while you can, and check out some of their teams. Gets good stuff out there. Um, but anyway, going on to the last three players I wanted to talk about, we'll kind of run through them as quick as I can. Uh, Foster Langsdorf, he made his first appearance in the first half against uh, Monarchs SLC. Uh, teaser, uh, spoiler, it was not good. Um, and then he subbed on versus Tulsa. Um, I think, I guess I said before, the 60-some-odd minute and played for, play from there on. Um, also, uh, not good. And um, I need to see more. Mm-hmm. I, I have not seen a full 90 out of him, to be fair. He is also absolutely a rookie, you know, and, and, and I know a lot of those times players that, that spend all the all four seasons in college soccer it's a little bit rough making that um, making that jump, and I think and I think I think the club actually understands that because they're not starting him, playing him full ninety. They're they're working him into it. You know, played him forty five minutes, then played him a little under thirty. Um, I, th- I think we'll probably see. I think I'm okay. <laughs> Don't die on me, man. Okay, so like I was trying to say, <laughs> I think we'll start to see more of him, and then maybe once in the next three games, we might see him play all 90. Um, again, which is fine. I like how they're doing that. I need to see him improve each game. Now, in the first 45 against Real Monarchs, he was uh, completely invisible. And honest to God, I didn't even know he was playing until I was saw he subbed out at half. And I was like, oh, that's not good. Um, now, I paid more attention in the Tulsa match and saw him, so he did an improvement there. Um, but he didn't get any goals against the Tulsa side that we probably should have gotten a goal against. And other than running around a lot, you know, I, I, I don't know where exactly he subbed on at in positional position wise. I don't know if he was playing a winger or a forward or some sort of attacking midfielder. So it was really, I don't want to discredit him for just kind of running around and not really being in the right place at the right time. Um, but it felt like he was not in the right place at the right time. So, uh, in the as few minutes as I've seen him, I am not impressed. Hmm. But I think that and and so yeah, obviously needs to improve. I'm sure there's plenty of room to improve. Yeah, there's um, a lot of time left in the season too. Yeah, because he was fantastic at Stanford, and I think he's a fantastic talent. Um, and and I think and it'd be nice to see a homegrown player who's quite frankly better than Jordan Morris will ever be anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know I think it will we'll just gotta we just gotta wait and see. But right now. So far, not so good. Um, other two players I want to talk about, Eric Williamson, who's also technically a homegrown player uh, because we traded for DC's homegrown player rights to sign him as a homegrown player for Timbers, even though he's never lived in Oregon. Love you, MLS. Love you. Um, he seems to be a very good talent in midfield. It seems to be playing primarily attacking midfield. He kind of seems to be in that position that uh, – we uh, used to have Villian Bijev in, mm. and 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 I think that there's a very solid base uh, for him to build upon. Um, he's obviously talented. Um, you know, of course he's in the U.S. under 20s with uh, Ibovici, and so of course those two link up very well. Uh, but he's, I think he's got the talent. I see the talent there. Um, he's got. I, I think he's going to be a very good midfielder. Um, hasn't done anything like. Too impressive, but from basically what I see, I, I see, I just see like he he's playing solidly, consistently. Um, it's good to see from the midfield, and and I think given time, he could he could be very very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a high ceiling for him. It's basically what I'm trying to say. He, 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 right now, it's okay, but but man, some of the things I've seen from him, little tiny flashes. Um, if those become bigger flashes. You know, he might start to attract some attention. And if he actually turns that into a solid performance, then, oh, boy, watch out. I mean, this kid could be very, could be good. Um, 
does well to link up with the attackers, so that's what I like to see. Uh, and then Victor Arboleda, he appears to be developing very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, like I mean, with Tulsa, if you watch the Tulsa match, everything T2 threw at Tulsa went through him. Um, obviously, he had eight of the 18 shots, only one of which was on goal, so that was poor. Um, but, you know, he was he was uh, involved. He was attacking. Um, you know, he's not getting offsides. I don't think there was that many offsides, if any at all. Um, let's see, Tulsa. Uh, uh, only one offside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, I don't even think that was Arbolay. So Arbolay was doing very well. And that's not even just Tulsa. The other games where he's been he's been loaned down, he's, he's been doing fantastically. And, and looks like he's making that... Right now, he seems to be right at the cusp of of, of that level where where USL is not going to be good enough for him. It, it's that is that just that 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 precipice of I'm better than USL, but maybe not exactly MLS ready yet. Mm-hmm. And but there's there's not too far from going from I'm better than everyone else in USL to I can now start contributing to the first team. So keep an eye on Victor Arboleda because he is progressing very well. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I like what I've been seeing from him in the past two games. Um, despite the fact he only got one shot on goal, he can improve there, obviously. But he's a winger, you know. So I mean, try not to give. I, I try not to give him too much uh, crap for that. But uh, but yeah, uh, watch Arboleda. I think he's going to be uh, making that transition very soon, and that's only good news um, for fans of Arboleda and for the first team depth. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that. So again, uh, Abobasi level, Jadama up, Batista up, Langsdorf down, Williamson level, kind of based on where my expectations were, and Arboleda way, way up. Um, and then we'll kind of go through more players. Uh, again, some of the same players, some different players. We'll keep going through, checking that out. Um, and that's about it for T2. Mm-hmm. Um Josh, any PDXFC or the fourth division soccer news people should know about? Um, yeah, so I wanted to maybe touch on uh, Timbers under 23s um, before I get into PDXFC. Um, so Timbers under 23s will, they have their preseason tournament, which I may have mentioned the last episode. So they're going to play on April 28th against Twin City Union FC. And then the Timbers under 23s will also play on May 6th against either PDX FC or South Sound FC as sort of to wrap up their preseason. Um, but just two days later, uh, Timbers under 23s will play in a U.S. Open Cup first round match against Kitsap Pumas. Uh, so the Kitsap Pumas were a longtime rival of the Timbers under 23s in the PDL. Uh, just two years ago, Pumas moved um, over to the NPSL, um, where they summarily won their division and qualified for the U.S. Open Cup. So Kitsap Pumas have a hell of a pedigree. Uh, their owner was a former uh, was a former minority owner of the Seattle Sounders, and then once they sold that club, uh, once he got bought out for his rights to the Sounders, he went and started Kitsap Pumas, and so. We're talking the Timbers under 23s and Kitsap Pumas, who are sort of the heir to the the S under 23s. Because they're they're loaded with Sounders under 23s players. Um, so you've got a bit of a Cascadia rivalry going on here. Um, just on May 8th, uh, tickets are available now at the at the Timbers uh, Timbers u23.com uh the match will be played may 8th at 7 p.m at mccullough stadium in salem um and and that's really interesting news because um so pdx fc may end up being timbers under 23's opponent in that last preseason match right um and then Timbers under 23s play on may 8th as, as in the usoc in the u.s open cup right and then on may 12th Kitsap Pumas has to come back down to Portland to open their season uh, against PDXFC um, at Hilton Community uh, Stadium at Concordia University. Um, so that will be an interesting way for uh, PDXFC to open their season, a home match against Kitsap. And Kitsap will have been only on just a couple days rest after 
um, playing against the Timbers on a 20 under 23s. So there's a lot of um, a lot of relationships, uh, you know, in, interwoven between all the teams in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so look for those uh, Timbers under 23s. Always um, well worth the cost of admission to go watch those guys play. I think three of them, uh, three of the players from last season uh, made it up to the USL from that division four level all the way up to the D two level um, kind of helps that there's no current division three level, but they're building that. We can talk about that another day. Um, I've got some PDX FC player announcements. Uh, some really interesting players. Uh, Frankie Lopez of McMinnville High School won the state, won Mac High's only state championship. Uh, formerly a player for uh, Yaguaras de Chiapas, uh, former Timbers under 23, former Sounders under 23 player. Um, Frankie Lopez is re signed with PDXFC for the year. Uh, Eric Urzua uh, of Concordia University um, signed with PDXFC. Jordan Baeza of Westside Metros and University of Portland is signed. Jerson Mejia of Clark College and Timbers under 23s is signed with PDXFC. And uh, <clears throat> really interesting uh, and exciting here is an 18-year-old Miguel Carrillo of Centennial High School. He was the 2018 Oregon All-State uh, on the All-State team and made the Mount Hood Conference Defensive Player of the Year. Um, this is a guy that I I honestly don't know why he's not in the timber system. It could be, you know, just the luck of the draw that we ended up with Miguel Carrillo at PDXFC for a season. Um, so these guys, uh, you know, they're all young players. They've been in and out of the Timbers program or Westside Metro's program. They're all local collegiate and high school players. Um, it's going to be really interesting to watch them um, take on Kitsap Pumas on May 12th. Um, and so we'll, we can talk some more about that uh, as we get closer. And then I just got word from the PDXFC's front office that there may be a kit release. Um, look for some maybe some kit leaks over the weekend. There may be a release uh, next week. It looks like they announced their, um, their affiliation with Hummel. Um, and Hummel is sort of uh, like the Danish Nike, if you will, um, very popular with community-driven um, football clubs. So, um, I, I real quick, I find it funny that you mentioned. Um, I heard from the PDXFC front office. Yeah. Well, like, uh, you heard from yourself? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not the only one. Um, I know you're not the only yeah. one. Yeah. No, they they basically told me, hey, Josh, the the kits you designed are in. So they'll be, they'll be in over the weekend. I'm going to take a look at them on Saturday. I'm going to take a picture of them and I may, may do some, uh, some kit leaks. If the boss says it's good, it says it's good to go. I am not the boss. I just, uh, I really like the team. So I'm doing what I can. Um, that's not the of, boss. You've just redesigned them to be super awesome this year. And yeah, I've seen perhaps maybe, maybe seen something. And what all I can say is it is, Hot, hot, yeah, hot, 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 hot. We're we're gonna give you we're gonna give you what somebody else wouldn't give you. Um, yeah, damn, skip it. Yeah, and then uh, along with that shirt, I think the final product of that shirt. So this will just be the proto the prototype that we're we're gonna do some some take some pictures of. But I think once the Portland community, you know, the the general public, kind of sees who our sponsor is, um, I think if if we if we pull off what I'm hoping to pull off on the sponsor deal, which is not announced yet, otherwise I'd be less coy about it. Um, I think it'll go a long way to um, tell everybody what our club is about. I'm really excited about that. And, um, and I think that by, I'll just say that buying a shirt, buying a PDXFC Jersey um, will, will actually give back to your community. Um, so it's a low price point to begin with. And then a portion of, the shirt will go um, to our sponsor rather than our sponsor paying us. So I think it'll be really fun to see if we can we can get that going. Um, we want to get back to the community, and uh, I'm I'm excited to uh, announce more PDXFC stuffs stuffs plural the next time we talk. Absolutely. So again, you know, keep an eye on us. You know, follow play play the kids. You know, for this type of news, follow Josh on Twitter. We'll go through all that in just a minute. We are almost done. Um, the only thing we've got left are 
Uh, we got two matches coming up that we will be discussing on the next episode uh, this Saturday, the day after this episode comes out. Uh, T2 are still in Oklahoma. They go from Tulsa to Oklahoma City uh, Saturday, April 7th at 5 p.m. our time, the right time. Um, Taft Stadium T2 will play against Oklahoma City Energy. Um, I don't really have any expectations for this game. Um, I mean, Oklahoma City Energy is probably going to win 1-0. Might be a 1-1 draw. We'll have to see. Um, I don't know. I think what I've got is I think they won their first match. And then they've kind of gone on, and they've lost three in a row. Um, well, Orange County came through and did the exact same road trip, just backwards. Yeah, they they beat OKC Energy one nil, and then beat Tulsa five nil. Um, I was hoping for something similar with T two, but with a no no yeah. draw already, uh, I don't see how it goes. But either way, um, catch that game uh, if you're listening to this the day it comes out. Catch it tomorrow. Um, to us, it's the day after tomorrow, five p.m. YouTube it, you know, it's always streamed timbers.com forward slash T2. Um, the game after that, that we will uh, then discuss is going to be the first home opener. That's Wednesday, April 18th, 7 p.m. at the most glorious Merlot field. Uh, T2 will host the Rio Grande Valley FC Toros. Um, that's got to be a game where we've got to get some points out of. Mm-hmm. Um, go and catch that. I think Merlot Field's going to probably be hopping. Um, it's certainly it's going to be a lot. I just, gonna, I think it's going to be like what it was before. There'll probably be about a thousand, fifteen hundred people there. It's going to be good. Should um, be a great crowd. I, I mean, I fantastic crowd. Yeah. And, and since that is the week that we record anyway, it's entirely possible if things Ooh. work out that Josh and I might do our episode that week, uh, live. We'll see. Yes. We'll see how it goes. I mean, not like live, live. Cause it'll still come out on Friday. Uh, we will record from there. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it we'll see how it goes. Um, but either way, so the next episode we will be talking OKC Energy and Rio Grande Valley, and then looking uh, ahead to two more home games after that. Um, we'll be hosting Reno 1868 FC and then Sacramento Republic. Um, all home games, I think games and opponents we can get points against. So we'll see. Um, that is it from us. Uh, you can find us online, Twitter, PTK, PDXFC, Stumptown Foot, USL Show. So Josh is at Joshua R. Duder. I am at K McCamish PDX. You can find us at PTK Podcast. Um, at Stumptown Footy, as I'm on there uh, tweeting the T2 matches. At the USL show, um, I am a co-host there. You DM them, they will get that message to me. Um, and I think that's it. We uh, we have playthekids.com. We're on the Beautiful Game Network, so definitely check that out out um certainly thanks to our sponsor roughneck scarves official scarf supplier of mls usl and u.s soccer get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com and thanks also to the beautiful game network where you can find us on bgn.fm or playthekids.com don't forget to subscribe and check out all the other amazing podcasts on our network. Um, not just us, not just the USL show, but Mongols, like I had mentioned, Raising Bulls. Um, I think Rising as One is another great one. Um, too many to mention, honestly. There's like we now are up to like twenty, I think, different USL podcasts, something crazy like that. Uh, which is almost enough. We could probably almost fill our entire conference with just podcasts. <laughs> so <laughs> check all that out. Um, again, thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you again in two weeks.